Chapter Fifteen of Titus, a Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Titus, a Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter Fifteen. In one of the green and pleasant solitudes near the head of the lake, a group of men, strangely at variance with the peaceful beauty of their surroundings, sat or sprawled at full length around a small fire. There were ten or a dozen of them, great hulking fellows, low-browed, swarthy with wind and weather, and disfigured with the scars of many a sinister combat. They were engaged for the moment in the peaceable occupation of broiling some fish, while on the grass near at hand lay several half-emptied wineskins. "'And so the lad hath given thee the slip, Dumicus? T'were a pity. He hath the making of a bold fellow in him.' said one of the men, leaning forward to heap fresh fuel on the fire. "'Where didst thou get him? He is no kin to thee.' "'He is my son,' said Dumicus sullenly. "'Come, come now, comrade. Why take the trouble to lie to us about a trifle like that? If thou hast stolen him from some rich Jew, why not demand a ransom for his return? Men are plentier than gold nowadays.' Dumicus made no answer for a moment, then replied sneeringly, and thou my good friend wouldst share the gold perhaps that would i said the other with a great laugh come tell us the man's name fool hissed dumicus if i had chosen to restore the boy as thou sayest would i not have done it years ago i love my revenge better than the yellowest gold ever coined he shall not escape me and when the time is ripe i shall here he stopped abruptly, while so hideous an expression overspread his countenance that even his guilt-hardened companions stared at him in momentary wonder. "'I envy not the lad his future with such a guardian as thou art,' said the first speaker, shrugging his shoulders. "'I believe there is not another such brood in Galilee. Thou wilt be crucified yet, my worshipful chief.' But, he had his hand on the haft of the short two-edged knife in his belt as he spoke, and Dumicus, who had started up at the words, sank back again, muttering threats and curses under his breath. "'Come,' said another, "'hast thou not had blood enough, that thou must knife each other, now we are at rest? Let us eat.' And the speaker helped himself to one of the fish which were sizzling on the coals. The others followed his example, and soon all were eating and drinking, the rude feast being enlivened with snatches of coarse song and bursts of coarser laughter. Presently one of the men stopped with a morsel halfway to his mouth. Hist! I hear someone coming! he exclaimed. Instantly all were on their feet, and one, creeping lightly to the verge of a little declivity fringed with bushes, peered out cautiously. In a moment he returned. Tis the Nazarene rabbi with his band. They have just landed on the beach below. "'What can they be doing here, think you?' whispered another. "'Shall we?' And he drew his glittering knife with a significant gesture. "'No, fool!' snarled Dumicus. "'They have no booty.' "'Besides,' he added, "'the man may be useful to us. "'Thou knowest that he hath a great following already, "'and greater every day. "'With him for king we could make ourselves masters of the country. "'He hath magic powers.' and could from the grass of the field make swords enough to arm every man who should join us. The Romans themselves fear him. They say, said another, that he hath made a compact with Beelzebub himself, and that is why he hath such marvellous powers. 
I heard a rabbi from Jerusalem explaining the matter to a multitude who were marveling, because the Nazarene had healed one of their number from a blind and deaf spirit. Well, for my part, I care not to whom he hath allied himself. I am ready for anything wherein is a prospect of plunder, exclaimed a third. But what causeth the tumult which I hear? Stay, I will see. And scrambling up a tall tree which grew near, he presently called down to his companions below, "'Tis a wondrous sight! There be thousands upon thousands of men, with women and children, both riding upon beasts and walking, and all coming this way. They are seeking the man yonder, said Dumicus, jerking his thumb over his shoulder. Now thou seest that I spoke truly. Let us wait here and see what shall follow. Today the time may be ripe for action. Even as he spoke, a man broke through the bushes near at hand. He started back in dismay when his eye fell upon the savage group, but regaining his confidence in the knowledge that the rest of his company was close at hand, he advanced and called out in a loud voice, "'Have any of you knowledge of the whereabouts of the man who is called Jesus of Nazareth?' "'I am he,' said Dumicus mockingly, "'and these be my disciples. What dost thou require of us?' The man stared, while the others burst into a great roar of laughter at his discomfiture. "'The Nazarene is yonder on the hill,' said Dumicus finally, seeing that he was about to run. The man glanced upward, then cried out joyfully to those below, "'He is here! Come this way!' In a moment, two, three, a dozen men had pushed through the bushes, and with glad cries pressed up the hill. These were quickly followed by an indiscriminate throng of men, women, and children, all hurrying, pushing, struggling upward. Dumicus and his men joined the multitude, shouting lustily for the great healer, as they maliciously trampled down some of the weaker ones in the throng. Meanwhile, Jesus, with his chosen followers, was resting quietly in a little nook of the mountain slope. Faint and exhausted with uninterrupted toil and excitement, they had sought this peaceful solitude for a little time of rest. As the first sound of the approaching multitude reached their ears, Peter was on his feet in an instant, and springing to the top of a high rock, he shaded his eyes with his hand, and looked off in the direction from which the noise came. "'What is it? What seest thou?' cried half a dozen voices anxiously. Peter scrambled down from his lofty perch without replying, and approaching the master, who sat a little apart from the others, his eyes fixed peacefully on the wide landscape, he said, Master, I see a great multitude approaching. They seek thee. Shall we not escape them while yet there is time? We can withdraw farther up the mountain, or take our boats again. Jesus made no answer, but rising, moved toward the edge of the slope and looked down. The noise was louder now, and floated up to him in confused roaring, like to the sound of the sea. Already the bright colors of the moving masses could be seen through the green foliage. In another moment the throng would be upon them. He sighed deeply, and murmured with a look of divine compassion, They are as sheep, having no shepherd. Master, thou art sorely in need of rest. Wilt thou not come? again urged Peter. But even as he spoke, the crest of the first wave of that ocean of wretched humanity broke sobbing at their feet. The hours that followed were crowded, as were always his hours upon earth. Verily, he had a work to perform, and how was he straightened till he should perform it? He healed those that had need of healing. After that he taught them many things concerning the kingdom of God. And now the day was far spent, and the shadows were lengthening upon the mountains. Still the people lingered listening to his words, while only the fitful cry of a tired or hungry child broke the hush. The disciples, who had been holding a whispered consultation, now came to him, and one of them, who was called Philip, said, Master, this is a desert place, and it is already late. 
wilt thou not send the people away that they may go into the country round about and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat and he said give ye them to eat two hundred pennyworth of bread would not be sufficient that every one of them may take a little how then can we give them to eat answered philip how many loaves have ye go and see replied the master i will go said andrew presently he returned there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes but what are they among so many make the people to sit down on the grass by companies was the answer but what if dumachus and his fellows on this memorable afternoon having crowded themselves by means of brute force into a place where they could both see and hear to the best advantage they had stared with open mouths and many a muttered oath as the master healed the sick and injured which were brought to him but when he began to talk to the people one by one they had slipped away save gestus he the day being warm and himself very comfortable as he lounged back against a tree had sunken into a doze and from a doze had passed into a heavy slumber and as the master spake the words of eternal life he sat with head sunken upon his breast his ears were heavy and he did not hear what is the master going to do now was the question which flew from mouth to mouth when the multitude were bidden by the disciples to sit down by hundreds and by fifties every eye was fastened upon him as he took the five loaves and the two fishes and as he looked up to heaven and blessed them and began to break them into fragments to give to the disciples for distribution the wonder grew awestruck they watched behold under those gracious hands the loaves multiplied themselves again and yet again and many times over the twelve returned to him for fresh supplies till at last all of the five thousand men together with the women and the children had been fully satisfied after all had eaten the master gave the command that the remnants of the feast should be gathered up that nothing might be lost and they took up the fragments that remained twelve baskets full dumachus and his followers had eaten also thou art right said one of them who was called gaius this is the man for our king if he can make for us barley loaves and broiled fish could he not give us honey and wine in abundance and other good things also let us even now crown him and the jews moreover which saw it said this is of a truth that prophet which should come into the world for behold he hath fed us in the wilderness even as moses fed our fathers but he knew their thoughts and directing his disciples to get into the boat and go unto bethsaida which was on the other side of the lake he commanded the people that they should depart quietly and go each man to his own house then he himself went alone up into the mountain to pray now while some of the people obeyed him and departed even as he had bidden them many lingered hoping that he would presently come again into their midst for they had seen the disciples go away in the boat and knew that he was not with them and as they waited the wonder and excitement grew apace till at length dumachus seeing the temper of their minds sprang upon a lofty rock and thus addressed the throng galileans he shouted hear me thou hast seen how this man hath been able to create before our very eyes and from nothing visible an abundance of food for this great multitude if he is able to do this think ye not that from the grass of this place he could presently make swords enough to arm every man of us let us make him our king then will we sweep down from the mountains gathering in the people from every town and city and village nothing can stand before us the romans shall flee their rich palaces shall be a prey unto us hail to the nazarene hail hail to the nazarene hail to the king 
when the people heard this there arose a mighty cry which rang out over the waters of the lake and rolled back to the mountains reverberating in thunderous echoes to the very stars to a solitary figure far above on the mountain heights that cry brought the old subtle temptation of the wilderness the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them a throne and not a cross but the victory had been won once and forever he saw in the sure light of eternity his earthly road and it led to calvary now it was dark and the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew and he saw them toiling in rowing for the wind was contrary and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by but when they saw him walking upon the sea they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out for they all saw him and were troubled and immediately he spoke and said unto them be of good cheer it is i be not afraid and peter answered him and said lord if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water and he said come and when peter was come down out of the ship he walked upon the water to go to jesus but when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried saying lord save me and immediately jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him o oh, thou of little faith wherefore didst thou doubt and when they were come into the ship the wind ceased then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him saying of a truth thou art the son of god End of chapter 15